Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And this week is a bonus episode because I am releasing this on the fifth Thursday of the month in December, December 2022. If there's a fifth Thursday in a month, it's technically a bonus episode because the first and third Thursdays of the month, I release a new coaching episode. The second Thursday is a solo episode. And then the fourth Thursday is either a solo episode again, or if there's a guest or just someone that I really want you to know, I will have that guest expert on on the fourth Thursdays of the month. And then the fifth Thursday, I just do what I want. And so I just talk about Um, Sometimes another topic related to love life, dating, relationships, all those things, sometimes an adjacent topic. And today I wanted to do two things. So the second thing I'm going to do, I'm going to start there for a moment, is I'm going to talk about the four stages of learning any new skill. And I know last week I teased it as the four stages of healing. And I think in the context in which I am applying this theory, I think it applies both for learning and healing and in many ways, especially when we're talking about inner work or personal development, learning and healing are, I wouldn't say synonymous, but they're very, very similar, right? Because a part of doing this kind of work is unlearning and then relearning new skills. In order to do that, you have to heal some old beliefs or old hurts or old emotions. And that allows the the learning or the healing to take place so that you can then create new habits, new actions, new patterns, etc. 
So I think these four stages are really going to help you think about where you are, put it into context a little bit so that you know where you can get to, as opposed to just being in this place of like, I read all the books and I listen to the podcast, I know all this stuff. And yet, here I still am attracting this kind of person or still being in this kind of relationship or can't get out of this relationship or whatever it is. So if you can relate to just feeling stuck or just still being stuck in a cycle or a pattern, even though you feel like you've been doing the work or at least engaging with this work in any small or big way over the last, you know, period of time, then I think you're really going to love this episode. What I want to start with, though, is I want to talk a little bit about interpolitics dating. I don't know if that's the right, <laughs> the right way to put it, but basically dating someone who may not have the same exact political beliefs that you have. And I want to talk about this briefly just for two reasons. One is it's been coming up a lot in my client calls. I think part of the reason why it's coming up is, at least in the U.S., I am recording this episode the day after the midterms. So I'm batching my episodes so I can take you know some time off this holiday season. So that's why I'm a little bit further ahead than I normally would be. However, you know, I think regardless, with the midterms being well behind us, we are moving into a presidential election season here in the U.S. And I think just in general, even if you're not in the U.S., which I know many of my listeners aren't, the world has just gotten really polarizing. Um, I do think that politics have always been polarizing. I mean, just look at history. Um, but I do think that we feel it a lot more, possibly because of social media, possibly because of the 24-hour news cycle, probably some combo of both, plus other factors as well that I'm not thinking about right now. And so this might beg the question, okay, this person voted for this person, or this person is more conservative than I. Can this work? Or should I make it work? Or is that a red flag? So I want to talk through a little bit of this with you because I don't think the answer is like most things as cut and dry. Although, of course, it's your life, it's your preferences, and it's your relationship. So if you want it to be super black and white and super cut and dry, then have at it. You're allowed to want whatever you want. But I do think listening to what I have to say still will be important to you because I don't think it's realistic to want to be with someone who agrees with every single thing that you believe because you probably, like I do, have a million and one opinions. And the idea that you're going to meet somebody who agrees on the same a million and one opinions that you have is just not super feasible. And so I think it's helpful to look at it from a different perspective so that you can um, really not shut yourself off to a potentially great relationship. Okay, before we get started, I just want to say this one thing. I am going to be sharing this from the perspective that you are more on the progressive or liberal or at the very least moderate end of things. If you identify with being more conservative, then that's fine. Just flip-flop everything I'm about to say. And if you're like a Trump supporter, I don't know what to say. I'm surprised you're still here at this point, to be honest. But <laughs> just so you know, I'm going to be talking about it from the assumption that you are um, more progressive, more liberal, and then the men that you're meeting are going to be more moderate or conservative than you are. And I don't, I try not to be super gender normative or super um, heteronormative on this podcast. I know I'm far from perfect in that, but statistically, women tend to be more progressive, liberal, possibly because of, you know, women's rights and things like that. And then men tend to be more conservative because the conservative end of the political spectrum 
does a better job at holding up the patriarchy. Again, these are generalizations. This is not completely, you know, universally true by any stretch. There are certainly conservative women. There are certainly liberal men and everything in between. But just for the simplicity of talking through this, that's the perspective that I'm coming from. Okay, so before 2016, I think before our our political system got really polarized, I think what really, really polarized even more so than Trump was honestly the pandemic, like lots of people's true colors certainly came out during that time, regardless of, you know, where you sit politically or your beliefs about the pandemic or whatever. But I think that there was definitely a time when someone who voted more liberal or Democrat could very much be in a relationship with someone who voted more conservative or more Republican. Now, please hear me out. I don't think that means you ought to be able to make a relationship like that work or you should or like it says something about you if you can't or and don't let this be pressure from me to make you think that you have to make it work if you're dating someone and trying to decide someone about someone, um, but they might be more conservative than than you. I'm going to give you some things to think about, but this is not like a, an endorsement of like every person should try to make this work if you want it to work. Again, you are allowed to have your preferences. And if you don't want this to be any kind of sticking point in a relationship, then you are allowed to have that. I think what's much more important than having the exact same beliefs on everything, because let's be honest, you, like I, have a million and one opinions about a million and one things. So it's not really feasible that you're going to meet someone who aligns with every single thing that you believe. And in fact, I think that would make a very boring relationship because when you talk about things like whether it's politics or just social stuff or whatever, and you agree on everything, then there's no like back and forth. There's no engagement. There's no opportunity for you to learn something from your partner or your partner to learn something from you. It's just more of like, oh, did you see this guy and what this person said? Or did you see that headline? Did you see that? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, come on. (laughs) Let's move on. Do you know what I mean? So there's certainly less engagement that can take place. I think, though, what's much more important than having the same exact opinions and everything is having similar values. Now, your values don't necessarily have to be the exact same, because, again, there can be some variation and some nuance for sure, but they certainly do have to be on parallel tracks, right? I think you're going to have a really hard time dating someone who values things like white supremacy um, or, you know, doesn't value things like being inclusive or equitable or things like that. Um, I think you'll have a hard time dating someone like that when those are your values, because those are just values that are just completely zigzagging and crossing over each other. And there's no sense of there being any kind of parallel path at all. Um, That's going to be really, really difficult. But I do think that, again, it's a little bit more rare since, you know, Trump and what's happened to the GOP in the US. And um, again, I think this is definitely a global trend. I do think it's becoming more rare to date someone who votes differently than you. But I, again, like I wouldn't totally mark it as an immediate red flag if someone has slightly more moderate views, as long as ultimately the end goal, like the value, what they're hoping for, you know, as a citizen of whatever country you're in, you know, is similar to what your aspirations, your hopes, your dreams are for yourself and your any future children, your families, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. And the last thing I'll say about this is Sometimes I think, and again, this is not universally true for every single woman, but I do think that as a whole, women are socialized to take the quote unquote high road and, um, and to not be like so judgy or judgmental or whatever. 
And um, while I do think you can keep an open mind about someone who might have slightly differing political views than, than you are, you know, if you come across someone online or you meet someone or you go on a date with someone or whatever, and it becomes very clear that, you know, they don't really support a woman's right to choose or they don't see what the big deal was about January 6th or they are an election denier or like really into some like far right conspiracy theories. Like to me, these are pretty strong value statements and not just like, Oh, you know, you know, we differ a little bit on some, on some politics. Like, no, those are, that's just a different relation to values as well as like a different relation to reality. And I think what's really important to point out here is that a lot of times how we behave macro is also how we behave micro. Right. And so someone who is really latching on to conspiracy theories or just has like a lot of just distrust or hate even or disdain for a certain group of people, whether it's because of, you know, anything that they were born into or or even just like their political identity. I think that is those are huge red flags. And I don't think you have to do anything around like taking the high road or like, well, let me give this person a chance. Maybe they're a good person. Because I think that a lot of times like those kinds of behaviors and beliefs can actually show up in one-to-one relationships, like within their small circle, you know, the family, friends, romantic partners, etc. Ultimately, like a lot of the stuff that's been happening in the far right, at least in the US, is just like lying about reality to help themselves or to make themselves better, the other side look bad, etc. And like, that's kind of what gaslighting is. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so there's no reason to believe that if someone's like totally fine latching onto lies on a on a collective level, that they wouldn't also be fine with latching onto lies on an individual level in the form of gaslighting or emotional manipulation and, and other tactics. So I don't think that like, you are a shallow or a bad or whatever person for just, you know, even if it's just like a little iceberg, it's just like this one little thing that they said in passing, you know, maybe that's all you need to know and you don't need to know anything else. So one thing I have my clients do is I have them set the big three when they're beginning to date again. And your big three are basically the three items that if you see this behavior or this characteristic from someone that you're dating, it's a no questions asked, like do not pass go, do not collect $200 kind of just ending the relationship interaction, whatever it is. And so if, you know, lashing on to conspiracy theories or saying something about a particular group of people, like, like to me, like that's just all you need to know. And you don't need to know anything else about who this person is or the kind of relationship that they may be able or willing to engage in. So, I mean, obviously I met Stevie well before Trump came onto the scene, at least politically, well, politically in any big way. And my big three were smoking, having just no ambition. I didn't need them to like have career ambition. Um, I just wanted them to do more than just like come home and watch Netflix, you know, all night. Like I wanted to have them have, have some kind of goals, even if they were personal goals and their job was just a paycheck, like that was fine with me. I just needed to have some kind of ambition. Um, and then the third thing was being rude to wait staff. And because, and, you know, a lot of dates obviously are at bars or restaurants or coffee shops, et cetera. And so this is a really good example of like an iceberg kind of thing, right? Like if someone's really rude to wait staff to me, like I don't need to know anything else. I'm just going to get up and leave. 
right? And just call it off right there. I don't need to just kind of wait and see or like, well, maybe it was just a bad day. Like, I just think that there's no excuse for it. And so you can begin, I think, as you're putting together your big three, you can look at some of the behaviors or characteristics of like, what are some of those little tips of the icebergs that might tell you everything that you need to know about the kind of values that this person holds? And if they don't align with yours, you do not have to waste any more time or energy. And this does not make you a bad person or a judgy person or, you know, anything else that you might describe yourself as. Okay. Um, all right. I talked about that a little bit longer than I was meaning to, but it's just on my heart and my mind right now, because again, it is coming up a lot with clients. We're sitting here the day after the election. And so I know it's a relevant topic, even again, being six weeks out of the election here in the U S we are certainly not (laughs) in a unified way in any sense. Um, I think politically, certainly in the U S and probably around the world as well. So I think this will continue to be, you know, a relevant, a relevant topic. So if you meet someone who, you know, slightly differs on some of your beliefs and feel free to come back and listen to, to this, um, to help you kind of navigate that. Okay. So let's talk about the four stages of learning any new skill. This is actually developed by somebody named Noel Birch in the 1970s, actually. And it's referred to as the competency ladder. And I really love this way of looking at things because I think that a lot of women in my world have either done a lot of therapy and or read a lot of books, and yet they still aren't where they want to be in their love life and maybe other parts of the life too, but I'm obviously talking specifically about love life. And obviously I understand the frustration and compassion for the frustration. And I think when you can understand these four stages of learning, it helps you to see like, oh, okay, this is where I'm at. So this is now what I need to focus on so that I can improve at this skill. So like I said, like this theory was originally, originally developed as it relates to learning a skill. But I, I think it applies here in personal development and and and, and becoming um, you know a healthier person emotionally for a relationship, et cetera, because ultimately it still is learning about new skills, right? Like you might need to learn skills around communication, setting boundaries, sharing difficult things or vulnerable things, um, you know, how to help your partner when they're going through something with how to not like, you know, be people lose all kinds of stuff. So there's still lots of new skills that you need to learn and build to be able to be better be in a healthy relationship. And there's healing in that, right? Because like, for example, if you have people pleasing patterns, for example, there might be a part of you that really believes that if you aren't at someone's beck and call, then they're going to get bored or they're going to leave or they're not going to love you or whatever it is. And so there, there certainly is healing. And I think that's part of this conversation. So I want to talk about this so you can see again, what stage you're in and then get some ideas. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to focus on because I'm in stage one or I'm in stage two or whatever. Um, okay. So the first stage is called unconscious incompetence. And this is basically, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of people stay in this stage their entire lives. That's not to say that they never get married or get into a relationship, but they're just like, they're in a relationship and they're happy and, you know, things are fine and nothing's bad, or at least from their perspective, nothing's bad. It's just, 
that's how relationships are. This is what marriage is. And like, everything's fine. <laughs> right. And, and for some of you, this might be your parents or this might be, you know, a sibling or a friend or your neighbor or whatever. And sometimes I can look at those people and feel really jealous. I'm like, ah, I wish I hadn't entered this world of personal development because maybe life would be so much easier. And maybe in some ways it would be, but I think there's so much more potential when you are in the jungle of, you know, personal development and stuff. But this is just not knowing what you don't know. And this is actually when you begin to build awareness. And I think people who build awareness, one of two things happens. Either one, for whatever reason, you were just born and you just had this knowing that, you know, your family or your parents' relationship, like that was not it, right? Like this is not what you wanted. There's something else out there. You just knew intuitively that something else was available and you were going to go achieve that thing, right? And then some people experience something traumatic or big, right? Like they go through a big divorce or they just got completely blindsided um, in a relationship or they were in a toxic or even an abusive relationship. And it just like woke them up to like, holy shit, that was horrible. I am not doing that again. What do I need to do to not experience that again? And so, and, and both are fine. There's not like one way is better than the other, but I just find those are the one, the one of the two situations where if you're listening to this podcast, like on some level, you might be an unconscious incompetence a little bit in certain areas, but like you're not there completely. Otherwise you wouldn't even know to listen to a show like this, right? Like at least on a very broad level, you're listening to this podcast, this episode, you know that there's something different and something better than what you've experienced in your previous relationships. So that alone means you're at the next stage of conscious incompetence. We'll get there in a second. But you know, you might still be in unconscious incompetence because maybe there's still some things you don't know about what healthy boundaries can look like or healthy communication or what intimacy, like physical intimacy can look like in a healthy um, setting um, as opposed to like two people triggering each other's wounds. Um, So there might be some unconscious incompetence, but that's fine. Like that's, that's part of what coaching does is, you know, we can start kind of like waking you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Up to things and seeing things in a different perspective so that you can like, ah, yes, this is what I want. And this is also the stages refer to the um, wrong intuition. And I'll be honest, I really struggle with that phrase. And I'm actually working with a coach, um, she's a spirituality coach right now. And she was actually talking to me about 
the wrong intuition. And I and I was like, I don't think that's really true. I don't think that's a thing. I think your intuition is always right. Sometimes it's just covered up with muck and we can't really hear it. And I do think that's true. But here's where I do think there's some truth to this. So I've talked a lot about there's two kinds of intuition. Like there's the spiritual perspective of your intuition. I think that is like you and your connect, your direct connection to God, spirit, divine, goddess, mother nature, like whatever universe, whatever your higher power is. And I do believe that intuition is never wrong because it's part of, you know, the divine, like it it just can't be wrong. Right. Um, But then there's another kind of intuition and this is the more science-based intuition. And what I mean by that is your brain is gathering, you know, thousands, if not millions of pieces of data every single day. And only about 10 to 15% of that you're consciously aware of, which means your brain is collecting so much information you're not even aware of. And so what happens is you build all this data, all this information that you're not even aware of. And that helps you to then be able to recognize patterns and kind of know why or how things are going to happen without even being able to rationally understand or, or name why, right? So the example I always give is when you're driving down the highway you can just kind of tell that a car in front of you is about to change lanes, even if they don't have their blinker on. And you've been in that situation hundreds, if not thousands of times. And so your brain's collecting all this data. And so that you're able to just like, oh, I knew that car was going to change lanes again, even if they didn't put the blinker on. And so that's just an example of your brain constantly collecting data. And so if you've only experienced you know, unhealthy relationships. And especially if you have like a very specific pattern or dynamic that you get into in a relationship that does begin to feel very familiar, very comfortable. And so when you look at, look at it from that perspective, you know, I do see how it can be, I don't know if it's correct to say, but how it can be feasible to believe that like your intuition did lead you, lead you wrong. Or like you had like the wrong intuition. I would say though, instead of I don't really like this phrase wrong intuition, but I do, I, I would say that this is when you're in the unconscious incompetence, this is where the wounded part of you can feel like this really deep need or longing for, again, something that's familiar, something that they need or that they believe that they want in order to feel better, to feel good. And that can feel very deep down. And so it can very easily be mistaken for your intuition. So to come out of unconscious incompetence, it's it's learning. And also I think therapy can be really great at this as well, because your therapist will ask you questions probably about your past, but it really just depends on the kind of therapy and the therapist themselves and what kind of style and work that they do specifically. But, you know, that can be a really great way to really begin to bring some things into awareness. And sometimes just books are, right? Like I've had clients read books And they told me like, this book made me realize that like all my past relationships have been toxic or gaslighting or whatever. And they didn't even realize it. So I think just like listening to things like this, reading books, therapy, even like, honestly, listening to stuff on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, um, can be super helpful in bringing some of this stuff into awareness. And you have to pass this stage because you don't know what you don't know. If you don't know that there's something different or there's something better out there, like how would you know to shift it? So again, this brings us into the second stage, which is conscious incompetence. And this is called the wrong analysis. So this is, you still can't do something, but you know, there's a deficiency. So you're still not really able to be in a healthy relationship or attract the kind of people that you want to attract, but you're aware that there's something better or different than what you've been in from before. And I will just tell you, this can be the most frustrating place to be. 
It is very hard to know that there's something better out there and yet you're not able to do it. And I think this is where a lot of people give up because again, they've built that awareness by either listening to this podcast or doing therapy or like reading books or whatever, and then nothing changes. And they're like, fuck it all. And um, they just get really frustrated and just give up or move on or continue to berate themselves, which makes them feel worse. And that actually just continues the spiral and the cycle. And it's just, you know, not, not super great. Um, in my opinion, this is actually a really great time to work with a coach. So if you are, if you feel like you're in conscious incompetence, like you kind of know, you've done some therapy, you read some books, you got some ideas, you know what your patterns are, you kind of know why you're there, um, but you can't shift it. That's like ideal. Like, like that, that is the coaching sweet spot. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you, and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. And here's the other way that people get stuck in conscious incompetence is a lot of people, a lot of women are afraid to make the mistake again, the same mistake, or they're afraid to get rejected again. And so they don't actually get to work on the the new skill or do the scary thing. And this will actually keep you stuck because then you're like sitting there ruminating and thinking about it in your head and like, okay, how can I do this so that, you know, I don't end up in the same situation as last time or so that I don't get rejected again. And obviously understand you don't want to get rejected again, or you don't want to feel like how you did from the last relationship. I totally get that. Um, But you do have to go out there and practice and set boundaries and ask for what you want and share how you feel. And, you know, there is certainly vulnerability in that. But if you don't do that, then one, you're not, you're shutting yourself down to the kind of, to meeting the person that you, that you want, the kind of relationship that you want, but also you're not allowing yourself to practice, right? Like again, we're talking about boundaries and keeping your own energetic space and not getting like enmeshed or like too attached to the other person. Like those are skills and you have to work on those skills. And again, this is where a coach can be super helpful. This is where I love to help my clients because I can help them get the confidence and the motivation to like, okay, let's go try this scary thing. I'm holding your hand. I've got you. Um, I'm not saying that like everything's going to be like pretty rainbows and butterflies, but like, even if the worst happens, I got you and you can learn from it. I can help you do that. Okay. So, so 
Big mistake here is that people just completely freeze or they get frustrated because they have this awareness, but they aren't where they want to be when really the key here is just to do the thing and practice. Okay. So the next phase is conscious competence, and this is called right analysis. And so this is a stage where you can do it. You can have the conversations. You can say the thing. You can set the boundaries. You can be vulnerable. You can be intimate. Your your discernment as to who is trustworthy and who isn't is, is a lot better. And you trust yourself to make those kinds of calls. But it's conscious competence, meaning that like you're able to do it, but it takes a lot of effort. And again, this is this is still another great place to work with a coach in because um, a coach can help you like, give, you know, be reassuring and help you kind of refine some of the conversations that you're having or the boundaries that you're setting or the things that you're doing, or the things that you're that you're not doing. Um, and sometimes, you know, when you're in this stage or the conscious incompetence part, um, you might just need like a little like, okay, am I like seeing this right? Or am I thinking through this correctly? And I want to do this thing, right? So having that kind of feedback can be super helpful for this, this stage. So with conscious incompetence and conscious competence, you know, there's no timeline as to how long you can stay in those phases. Um, and I would say like at any one point, like you're probably in all four of these phases. It just depends like on what skill you're talking about. Some of my clients, for example, are so good at like the whole first date thing, right? Like they can meet someone online and then, and then, you know, connect with someone and have a first date on the calendar within a week. And like, they can do that just pretty much anytime. <laughs> I would, I would put that at the, at the fourth stage of unconscious competence, meaning they can do it without even thinking much about it, right? Like they're so good at that, but what they might be less good is discerning some of the red flags, discerning if that person's a good fit. Um, they may be less good at setting boundaries or sharing how they feel, being vulnerable in the right ways, all that kind of stuff. And so those specific skills might be in some of the lower phases. And that's, and again, that's, that's totally fine. Like, I don't think that anything is black and white and that you just sit only in, in one phase. My point is, is that um, regardless of the specific skill, if we're just talking in more broad strokes, or if we're talking about a specific thing, you can be in the two middle phases, the conscious incompetence and the conscious competence for a really long time. And it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It doesn't mean anything's bad about you. It doesn't mean anything other than like, okay, yeah, I'm just learning. I'm learning this, this skill. You know, for me, like relationship building, whether we're talking like friendships or, you know, even within my marriage with, with Stevie, like this doesn't come naturally to me. I actually have to, to work at this, right? Like, um, I think I've said this in the show before, but you know, I'll, I'll say it again. Like, I feel like I'm naturally good at being super productive, right? Like I would put myself at the unconscious competence phase there. And I've always been like that for as long as I can remember. Um, even when I have clients, I can't even like, and they're like, ah, can you help me with procrastination? I'm like, I don't know, just do it. I don't really know what to say because I don't have those specific skills or tools to like really think through kind of the building blocks that go into that. Cause I'm just naturally good. So you're going to have things like that. Um, possibly within relationship that are like that for you. And then you're going to have some other skills in relationships potentially that you're less good at and just categorize yourself like, okay, am I at stage one unconscious incompetence? Probably not because you're, you're listening to this and thinking through this. You're probably not in that stage anymore. Again, you might be with some other skills that you're not even thinking of, but if you're thinking of one specific skill, you're probably not in unconscious incompetence because again, you're thinking through it, but then are you unconscious incompetence or are you unconscious competence? you know, you might be there for a really long time. And, you know, I, I teach this stuff and I coach on this stuff. 
I think I'm, I'm very good at it. I think I'm much better at it, but like, I would probably put myself at conscious competence. Like I really do have to think through it and look at the bigger picture and like, okay, if I'm feeling triggered or not feeling great, is this something that's going on in my relationship with this friend or with Stevie or whoever? Um, or is this my own stuff? Is this my inner child stuff? Is this my insecurity stuff that's, that's coming up? So I wouldn't say like the goal is necessarily to be unconscious competent, especially if it's an area of life that, you know, just might always be not like a trigger or struggle, but just like might be like your, your growth edge, right? I really do believe that like, relationships, including my relationship to my body are just always going to be a part of my growth edge. I don't know if I'll ever get to truly the unconscious competence where, you know, I'm just like that little social butterfly, like running around the room, talking to everyone. Like, I just don't know if I will ever be at that stage. I'm not like writing it off. If it happens, I love miracles, all that kind of stuff, but I'm not banking on it. And that's okay. Right. And so, um, I think I just share all this with you just to give yourself a little bit of a break especially if you're not exactly where you want to be. So if you're in conscious incompetence or conscious competence, especially that second phase, the conscious incompetence, like don't, don't give up and don't be hard on yourself. I know that's way easier said than done, but this is a, that is a really, really wonderful place to um, work with the coach on. Okay. So the fourth stage, just, just to talk about briefly, that is unconscious competence, which is right intuition. And this is where the skills become second nature, where you can just don't even, you don't even think about it. You just intuitively know, oh, I want to say this. I want to share this. This feels right. I can trust this person. That's a red flag. And you just automatically take whatever the appropriate action is as a result of, you know, whatever the situation is at hand. And again, like if you can get there in relationships, like that's awesome, like more power to you. But I don't think you need to be there in order to have the relationship that you want. Again, that's okay. I, I tend to look at things like this from a more spiritual perspective. And I think that our souls came into this world to work on or heal something very specific. And so my guess is for a lot of people listening to this podcast, you can relate to the fact that like perhaps relationships are kind of your growth edge in this lifetime. And so, you know, don't worry about getting to unconscious competence. I'm obviously just sharing the four stages here. Um, you can be in a very wonderful, wonderful relationship in the conscious competence stage. I think I'm evidence (laughs) of that. And I think you can be moving towards a really wonderful relationship and the conscious incompetence if you are getting the support you need to help learn the new skills that you need to do and heal, heal what you need to heal to develop those new skills, you know, to be in that kind of relationship. Um, And so if I can support you with that, if you identify with being in the conscious incompetence, especially possibly conscious competence, but especially the conscious incompetence, then I would love to work with you. I'm recording this episode at the, or I'm releasing it at the end of December, 2022. Um, and we're moving into a new year. So there's that fresh energy, that fresh start. And if I can support you and, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm going to stop putting relationships on the back burner. I'm going to stop putting myself on the back burner. Stop putting my healing on the back burner. I really want to do the necessary, awesome, although sometimes maybe hard work, to heal and really shift the kinds of relationships that I'm in, how I show up in relationships so that you can um, become the person you need to be, to be in the relationship that you want to be in. I would love to be that support for you. And so to get the ball rolling with that, if you are interested in working with me, what you'll want to do is head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And the work I do is it's deep, right? Like, so obviously we start with inner child work. 
so that we we can begin that healing process. And also so I can really begin to see what are the patterns and habits that you specifically are in. And so then we do the healing work and then we apply what we learn from the inner child to help you then shift whatever habits, actions, patterns that we need to shift in real time. So it's not like, okay, you need to do this. You need to say that, like, this is the right thing to do. This is the wrong thing to do. It's, it's, it's none of that because that's not really going to help you. I've talked extensively about why like seven texts or whatever <laughs> is not going to actually solve any of your love life problems. But when, when we can understand, okay, what is the eggshell walking behavior all about? Or what is the people pleasing behavior all about? Or what is the, I don't know, swallowing your emotions kind of behavior all about. We can get really clear on that and we can begin to heal some of the wounds and beliefs that created some of those patterns. Then we can use that. We can use the inner child work to then um, I can help you then from that place, create new actions so that you're pulling yourself towards different actions as opposed to pushing yourself through willpower to like, just be brave or just say this or just do that because that really is going to, while you might have some quick wins, that ultimately will probably lead you to falling on your face because change, I believe, has to come from the inside out for it to be sustainable and long-term. And so that's my philosophy and how I approach coaching all of my clients. And so if you're interested in doing that work with me starting in 2023, I would love to work with you. So again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And when you get to that link, you will see some, you know, you see some little testimonials, which you can read through, but there's also a form there and you fill out that form and then that form will forward you to my calendar. And that's where you'll schedule your introductory call. And that's just a call for us to get to know each other um, so that we can make sure it's a right fit all around. Um, so even if you're not really sure, like, okay, this sounds interesting. Maybe, yeah, I could work with Veronica. I don't know. I really just encourage you to book a call because my my goal for you by the end of the call is that you are either a clear yes or a clear no. And I will ask you some clarifying questions so that um, you can get there one way or the other. So again, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And I look forward to connecting with you. And I hope you have a wonderful and safe new year if you are listening to this around the time that I released. And I'll be back next year, which, haha, funny joke, <laughs> in a week with a brand new coaching episode, which I'm super excited to get into your earbuds. All right, talk to you soon. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. 
And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love.